Veterans Voice is a show that connects veterans and active members of the military to qualified guests who help you find programs and benefits you qualify for and discuss housing, education, career training, and other topical matters. Every show addresses issues that affect your life. Call in and share your experience. 781-837-4900. Welcome, welcome everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio. Uh, Welcome to all our listeners on WATD, WMEX, and... uh, Certainly, uh, listeners and viewers at the uh, re- no, there's no viewers on the radio. <laughs> well, I got the Wolfie syndrome. I don't know what, what you know. I'm talking about watching us on radio. No, why don't you just listen to us on radio and our new partnership with Reeds Across America? Uh, they've uh, uh, been very uh, uh, generous to us and we're playing our show a few times a week. So, uh, we're looking forward to some bigger and better things uh, moving into the new year. But uh, uh, tonight we're going to be uh, taking a look at um, some therapy that might not immediately come true as therapy. What do you mean by therapy? Well, before we get into tonight's uh, 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 show, uh, you may need some therapy after this caller comes on uh, from uh, no other world in El Paso, Texas. This is uh, Yosemite Wolfie. Wolfie, are you out there? Yeah, I am. Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. No. Oh, <laughs> have, have they kicked you out yet? Are you in the penalty box down there or what? Yeah, I started out in the penalty box and uh, when the Russo from uh, FEMA, the head of emergency FEMA said, you better go easy there. He said, they've never seen a Wolfie before. No. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I, I'm sure. So, what's the uh, set, what's the world like down there for you? It's um, it's smoothed out to where it's good as it's going to be. Red Cross has opened up a number of shelters, and, uh, and there's documented and undocumented migrants, is what it's called. So, the documented crew seems pretty good. The Red Cross has got shelters. They're hooked up with the churches, with the civic center, and a lot of agencies are involved. So, they have cots and blankets and food and situations like that we had a fun church service in spanish and stuff and i wasn't hit by lightning so i thought that was good that's but, yeah uh, not that wait till you get out of town there wolfman you know <laughs> yeah yeah everyone's asked me if they could take me to the airport they're such nice people here yeah <laughs> isn't that nice of them it's, i didn't think they were hospitable and uh, and and is it a little bit warm down there wolfie is no, hot down there not, no it's not at all it's frost at night and and that was the good part. The undocumented or the unprocessed people, which you see on the news, wearing the Red Cross blankets. It's out of the Sacred Heart Church right on the border, which is the creepiest mountains, the creepiest wall you ever saw. It's, it's really, you know, for a northern city boy, it's not a warm and fuzzy place. And those people are not inside. It looks like a methadone mile, but instead of tents, they're, they're wrapped up in Red Cross blankets. Wow. So they... Porta parties for them, and the churches have sandwiches for them. But oh my gosh, Greg, it's uh, and everybody out there, it's your heart goes out to them. Listen, we're all off the boat, none of us spontaneously combusted in the United States, you know. So it's tough stuff. And and uh, well, both our, our grand or my grandparents came to this country in 1911, is certainly as immigrants, non uh, uh, English speaking Lithuanians, uh, you know, and then. 
surprised my uh, their sponsor committed suicide, so all their paperwork got lost, whatever, and uh, uh, they, I'm sorry. Uh-oh, I'm getting scolded. And, and boy, wasn't that a no-no by me? Took you know what I'm going at, aren't I, I know better. I, I, I yell at people for doing that. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll have I'm to run. I'm not yelling at you. We're just going to change the language. Okay. Took their lives by suicide. Died uh, by suicide. Yeah, they yeah. probably died by alcoholism is what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> two potatoes, corned beef, and cabbage is what killed our family, Greg. I yeah. have to tell you. Yeah. It was not. But uh, so it's, it, it, in, you know, not to get into the politics, but everyone says, what are we going to do in El Paso? What are we going to do for this? And when the country wants to have a nationwide immigration policy, then everyone knows what to do. So right now, nobody knows what specifically to do with just... You know, the mission for Red Cross is to um, prevent and alleviate human suffering. So we're just trying to do that on the ground and number of churches and local. But you don't know what you can't say. Well, if they do this, they'll be fine. If they do that, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So it's very frustrating. You don't know if the board is open or it's closed or well, who's coming. Or the the country hasn't had an immigration policy in 10 or 15 or 20 years that works. Yeah. And yeah. now we've got this crazy employment situation, Wolfie. we got nobody... Nobody wants to work. You get all these people that want to come in and right. go to work. Right. And I, I, that's too simple. There's there's a flaw in that. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, that's yeah, way too easy, Wolfie. What's everybody come on the show? All the veteran employers say that their their average is at 20% below employment, whatever the heck yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, and that's, a, you know, an easy number is 20% under something or other. Underemployed. And, Under, are you sure? Underemployed. And these people want to come in and work. As they say, there's a bad people. There's a plenty of bad people in, in America. Already. Well, no, already, already, Wolfie. But, uh, well, you, you, you'll be safe down there, Wolfie. Oh, next week, is we just talked about it, The uh, your drive through is coming through next week. Yes, it's all set up. All the goon squad is ready to go. We're going to get extra food. There'll be plenty extra for the second uh, Thursday of the month, the regular goon squad's 10. Get everyone get there before 12. Um, we're going to have extra food. Everyone's sympathetic towards everyone, so, you know, without being away. So that's going to happen on full scale. And then the veteran coffee is tomorrow, and how we're going to honor Paul Dunphy. He just passed from that damn Agent Orange. Yeah. And the regular show, it'll be fun down there. We're going to have the sing-along, that military medley. Some of the crew's going to come down and play that. And, and they asked me to stay in, in uh, El Paso longer, so I didn't sing. So they, hey, what's that? They sent me to the movies. What's that deal? They used to send you to the movies. They, they, they might buy well. another ticket for El Paso, Wolfie. Uh, don't uh, press your luck, kid. Yeah. One way. So, you know, all that stuff is still in place. And uh, there was a, you know, God bless the, the Veteran Voice Network. You know, not to get names of places. Someone just called me up. They didn't know I was in El Paso. A veteran's heat just broke. They have The stove is broken. They have no food. They're freezing cold. Made a half a dozen phone calls in the Veteran Voice Network, and it's all done. Everyone's taking care of it. What's that silly network? We're unbelievable, really are. So well, be safe down there, Wolfie. It's it's not what we do, but it's who we know, Wolfie. And uh, keep yeah. it up down there, and keep your head down, will you? Don't come back with uh, any little bugs you didn't go down there with, huh? Worried about the bow and arrows from all these uh, Texans down here, or be speared by the car by the the horns on the car. Yeah, I, I'm not sure they like uh, long hairs down there. Well, long haired blonde girls are one thing; long haired blonde boys are another. 
Yeah, I don't want to be mounted on the hood of a Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> it's right where you belong, Wolfman. Right where you'd be, you'd you'd be adorning that Cadillac with pride. They'd be driving right down the street, blowing the horn. You and Marilyn Monroe, side by side, driving down the street. That'd be perfect. So, uh, um, all right, brother. Will you uh, you come? You uh, hurry back home. Be here safe. And uh, if there's anything I can do, send me a text or whatever. If I gotta. Yeah. You know, help Kim out or whatever. Uh, you know, if Susan needs any help, uh, just, uh, you know. Oh, you're in America. Give me a call. Yeah, you know? yeah the phone actually works down here, so it's it's crazy. It's, um, yeah. No, it's a, the old expression, you get by with a little help from your friends. And in my case, I get by with a lot of help. A little help from my friends isn't going to work. So, bless the, the Veteran Voice Network. And, and you know what, Craig, let me just tell you quick. I don't think there's any VSOs down here. You know, I'm talking to plenty of veterans. No. This, and I'm saying, what's going on? I, oh, I can't get this. I can't get that. And I got a big mouth. You know, you may not have known that. So I say, just give me your name. I'll take care of you. And I go, wait a minute. I, what, you, I, yeah, I don't, th- I don't think Dave Hanker covers El Paso. I'll no. check. <laughs> they really don't. And they said, what the hell is that service? I said, never mind, give me my card back. I can't help you. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a different Boston. world down there. We're very lucky up here. Uh, we, we can't talk about it enough that we're the only state in the country with the VSO yep. in every town. So, yep. no, different really? world down there, Wolfie. A, a, a veteran might travel uh, two or three or four hours uh, to talk maybe about uh, uh, a veteran services officer with uh, at the, the VA. DAV. At the, v- at the VA. Yeah. Um, uh, very difficult. Not like up here, brother. Not like up here. Yeah, it really isn't. There's a nice kid. They gave us a few of the kids. What's the base down here? It's massive. I sent a picture check with the tank. It's like joy or Found happiness. Fort Hood? No, Tyson's not Hood. Hood. It sounds like bliss. Fort bliss. It's bliss. bigger than Massachusetts. He's over in El Paso. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bliss. It's absolutely bigger than Massachusetts, the yeah. base. It's enormous. And, and one of the kids that was helping us do a medical <laughs> thing, how are they taking care of you? No. But I said, do me a favor, get your DD214 to come to Massachusetts because you're in trouble. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we need some more recruits for the Veterans Network down there. Keep that, yeah. keep keep that line open. But uh, uh, Wolfie, uh, thanks, thanks, man. Uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, you're gone uh, next week, but we'll see you back here the week after. Yeah, the week after. Yeah. All right. All right. All right well, I have a Betty by then. I can call a Betty in by then. I actually have a name, but I didn't tell him, so we probably shouldn't do it. Next week. Next week. Uh, all right, brother. Well, you, uh, you'll be well and keep your head down, and uh, we'll uh, let, let me know if you need a ride home. I don't want to. Get, I'm not going to be there to give you one. Just let me know if you need one. Stay <laughs> by the phone. Everybody, keep a little cash for bail money. There's a lot of bail boxmen down here. Yeah, keep out of the uh, keep out of the cantinas. Carry a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I, that's all you need. Don't leave home without it, Wolfie. Love you guys. I right, love you too, Wolfie. Be well down there. That was uh, a creator of the Vetti, uh, none other than Craig uh, Wolfie Wolfman, uh, uh, down in his exploits at uh, in El Paso. Wow, it'll never be the same down there. But uh, so while we while we uh, why don't we just take our first break here, Larry, and we'll come back and get into. Uh, Tonight's show, we've got a, a world-famous author here that we're going to really uh, talk about uh, m- more than just writing a book. Why and what comes after. Take it away, lad. We'll be back after these messages. 
Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, uh, as we're talking about the Goon Squad here, that's going to be uh, 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 helping us next Thursday uh, with our veterans uh, and non-veterans drive-through. Uh, uh, Stevie, just so you know, it started as a veterans-only uh, program. Okay. But we decided and saw that there was so much food insecurity that we've now opened it up to anybody that wants to show up. That's amazing. So there's no registration. There's no doc. No, show us your DD two fourteen. We don't. We don't care about yeah, anything. Still serving. I just, love it, man. Just show up. Yeah. And and the the goon squad. Somebody goes up. How many in your in your family? Yeah. Uh, they open the trunk. We load them up. And and they're off in That's awesome. a minute or two. Yeah, it works. Uh, work works pretty well. Yeah, you know? for decriminalizing hunger. Yeah, every every uh, every every month we do it. That's uh, amazing. Rain or shine. Kudos. And, and so the goons are uh, going to be here uh, this <laughs> week without Wolfie. But uh, here here in the show tonight, Jenny Babcock. Jenny, hello. Thanks for, thanks for coming in tonight, dear. Always happy. Thanks. To be th- here. Thanks for coming in, Justin Latini from uh, Vietnam Veterans Association. Yep. Uh, Westport and overall troublemaker. Yeah, if we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand. Gino's back in, uh, back in the pen here. Uh, thankful to be back after a COVID Christmas. Uh oh, and uh, and and here we are. But uh, without further further ado, let me introduce uh, uh, a, a very very well known uh, uh, author. Uh, Stevie Manchester is. Uh, uh, been associated with Justin. Justin, why don't you introduce uh, Stevie to the audience? Well, Steve Manchester is a renowned author, but uh, we met back in the uh, 80s, uh, just did. before yeah. he actually went active duty. Right, that's uh, right. We worked together for the Department of Correction uh, in Bridgewater. That's right, yeah. We worked at Southeastern Correctional Center for yeah. a few years together. And so, uh, yeah, I, I asked Steve to come out. He's a, uh, an author, a veteran, uh, just a, a good guy. Um, and so I thought it would be great to have uh, veterans out there um, hear from a veteran who turned his life uh, in a new direction. So Sounds, sounds great. Stevie, Thank th- you, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here, Greg. It well, really is. It, it, it's a pleasure. Uh, anything else uh, do you want to film? Why don't you take us, give it a little bit of a, a thumbnail sketch? Yeah, Steve. so let me, I'll, I'll back up just a little bit. So yep. <clears throat> the best way I can t- is to go from the beginning. I'll be real quick about this. But my grandfather, right, um, was, was an amazing storyteller. An old swamp Yankee redneck out of Westport, Massachusetts. Yeah. And he planted a seed in me, and I didn't realize it at the time. Fast forward 20 years, I'm working in you know, law enforcement. I'm behind the wall in the prison system in the Army National Guard, Massachusetts, military police. So 95 Bravo, we get activated. Saddam Hussein invades Kuwait, right? Fourth largest army in the world, yada, yada, yada. So we get activated, and we were trained you know, by, by some special ops units. Uh, for a couple of weeks, and then we get sent over. Was that a holy moly kind of uh, yeah, it experience? Was, yeah, I, I got to tell you, though, Greg, right? Thankfully, most of the people that I served with were either uh, police officers or correction officers. So we were well-trained. Okay, right? great. Um, and we had had some, some military experience, right? But when we got in there, it was more honed toward, you know, almost this is what the Iraqis are going to do. This is what you guys... So I felt very confident. I was a squad leader. They actually split the platoon in a half. Uh, we get into Saudi Arabia. And our, my, you know, our job was to patrol main supply routes, all that other shit. And once we broke f- uh, free, now Saddam Hussein said it would take six months for the Americans to, to make it through the breach, right? It took minutes, literally minutes, right? And our job was to collect EPWs, right? But for the first three days, everything was you know, pretty cooked, right? So yeah. fast forward about four months, my platoon sergeant, who was also a Vietnam vet, was having problems with his knee and says to me, hey, Stevie you got a day off. Can you take me to Saudi Arabia to get checked out? So 
the evac hospitals were literally inflated, right? So it was 60 miles into Iraq. I, I need to drive 60 miles from Iraq into Saudi, and the sun's starting to come down. But I look at it, I'm thinking, well, I got a Prick 77 with a whip antenna. We got two rifles, enough water. We don't need food. Once I get into Saudi, we'll eat. We hit a dust storm, right? And if I know it's for some of your audience, if you've never experienced a dust storm or a sandstorm, it's like taking it's a... It's like a snowstorm with dust. Oh, my. It's like a can of tang that they yeah. throw in your face. Really? The visibility's at zero. Really? So Allied forces had, had cut the roads in the shape of a snake, right, in case of an air raid. So I'm doing a pretty good clip, maybe 60 miles an hour. All of a sudden, I hear a bang. I look up, and the windshield spite is, and I get knocked out. But we were spinning end over end. So I crushed the roof on this thing. I get kicked out of it. And as I had told you, hit you, a, you hit a, a, a boulder. Yeah, I hit a boulder with the right front tire. Oh, right? good. So imagine the most traumatic thing for me in Operation Desert Storm is a car accident, right? But here we are, still in Iraq. And I know we're out hunting at night, but so are they. And they're not treating the Americans the way that we're treating the Iraqis, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, my God. So I, I get to the, to the radio, and I get on the radio, I get on the radio, and 10 is buried, right? So there is no Bucky 13. You can't Uh-oh. call him out about it, right? So the guy I'm with is doing a little bit of babbling. Uh, he was in an auto. He was hurt. I think if he hadn't been hurt, he still would have been doing some babbling. But whatever. I, I pull him over. I treat him for shock. And then I stop praying. And, and I'm, either the Americans show up or the Iraqis. And it's, it's you know what and I mean? And you didn't get your signal out of where you were? No, no. They knew where I was heading, but they expected me to be there and sleep, you know, be there overnight, right? But the Prick 77, I could have, we had a 60-mile distance on the radio, yeah. but it was buried. I mean, the antenna was, yeah. you know, going. So they wouldn't know you were in trouble until you didn't show up. Uh, correct, correct. So long story short, I, I remember at the time I smoked, I'm in the middle of the biggest ashtray in the world, right? And I yeah. flicked this cigarette and I think, not if, but when I make it home. I'm going to chase down my dream. I'm going to become a published author. At the time, I knew 97% rejection rate. So I'm going to have to hammer at this and really commit myself for the rest of my life in order to be successful. But, and I can't take credit for this. This was actually Jim Carrey that said it. But I would rather fail at something that I love than succeed at something that I hate. And I remember getting on the chopper, and, they, and you know the guy's like, you know, what hurts? I said, i got to take a leak. He starts laughing. I start laughing. I'm thinking, my life just changed. Yeah. Like I just basically hit a crossroad. And, you know, I knew it was going to take me a while to process when I get home. And we'll talk, obviously, about that. But um, lowest part of my life becomes the greatest opportunity in my life. And I thank God today for it. Well, that's, that's, that's quite a story. Yeah. That's quite a story. So you began, you decided that you, you were going to have, uh, have, have, you, you were going to, be, be a published author. Yeah, I was going to write. Yeah, so But like anything else, right? The but, first... but did you have any experience writing? No, well, I, I worked in Southeastern, right? So when people ask me where, where I went to school to learn how to write, I'll tell them Southeastern. So people go to Yale, they go to Harvard. Yeah. I went to a medium security penitentiary and learned how to write for 10 years, right? So blue collar is an understatement, right? And I take great pride in having that salt in me, right? There's sure. some salt in that pen. Sure. So, but I learned the hard way. The thing is, I'm a voracious reader. I love to read. And I'm a student of the game. And I knew it was going to take me 15, 20 years, Greg, in order for me to master. And I don't think you can ever master it. But to get yeah. in my discipline where I really had a voice, a very unique voice and a style. Yeah. Uh, and I stuck with it. I stayed at the table. 97% rejection rates, uh, it's something. Right? Sure. But it also healed me, right? And we'll talk, I'm sure we're going to talk about yeah. that after yeah. the break. But yeah. if I didn't write, I'm not sure I'd be here tonight, right? Because I was able to put it down on paper. And for all the hours that I did in therapy... Uh, it was the most cathartic piece of therapy that I've ever ever done. Jen, how can you take that and, and, and translate that to the world you come from? Um, whenever we're dealing with lost survivors, that's one of the gifts that we 
give to them. You know, when we go and visit with families that have gone through an event, we give them a journal. That's a great. And that's we fantastic. say you need to journal. Right. And it is. It's. Yeah, it's it was a, great what you were yeah, just saying because right. it absolutely yeah, Jen is. Yeah, is with the um, uh, Plymouth County uh, Suicide oh, wow. Prevention Coalition. So thank you for Correct. your work, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, she's done. Just represented Massachusetts uh, out in uh, a Cleveland, national, yeah. national conference. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, I missed the big show. Yeah, I, I know. I wasn't going to bring that up again. <laughs> you just did. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say that you stood us up. I just said that you had another opportunity that was more enticing than being with a room full of handsome young, you know, studs that are in this room. You know, minus Wolfie, (laughs) minus Wolfie, minus Wolfie. You know, but uh, so we, you know, we break it up here a little bit, Stevie. You know, but we deal with a very. We we've probably had twenty or twenty five shows on suicide. Wow! Unfortunately, yeah, you, you know, and the more that we have, the more that we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jenny has all kinds of stories, and yeah, uh, one of our, our other co-hosts, Chuck, was a, a certified peer to peer counselor at the Bedford VA Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, he he talked all the time about that problem. Uh, he had a problem with his son that that he lost his son several years ago right. uh, uh, t- to suicide, and uh, he counsels on it, and it's, um, boy, Jenny, is there any, is, is there an end to it? Sadly, right now, no. Mm. But um, AFSP, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, their goal by 2025 is to have the stats go down 25%. That'd be wonderful. Well, everyone saved is one saved. It's a family of lost survivors that yeah. you don't have to talk to, because right. that's an, an, a, 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 a discussion that a lot of people don't think of. Uh, that work that you're doing, and how important is that to the families? Going out and talking to the family, absolutely, it absolutely. is so important. And we actually got a call this weekend too. I won't get into it right now because it's so fresh um but to be there with a family and tell them that you know we kind of know what they're going through i can't you know my loss was totally different than what their loss may be but for them to know that they're not alone Mm -hmm. you know and then we give them resources that can help them going forward but my favorite thing is giving them the journal and a pen Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's like, you know, for me, it's it's pulling it out of the darkness into the light, right? Yeah. And, I, you know, the whole law enforcement was a unique experience for me because there was a time in my life for 10 years, you know, I was a, I was a mouth breather, right? I was a knuckle dragger. We were in there doing our thing. And there's a certain stereotype with depression and anxiety. So if I turn to the guy to my left or the lady to my right who's depending on me to be there, right, um, there's some, you know, pe- people are tentative about it, right? And what I learned was when I finally had the courage and drummed up the courage to go get help, right, and, and to speak my voice, um, then I was able to help other people, right? And, and that, to me, is true strength, right? The, sure. And I don't want to say it's weakness to stay in silence, but it's not strength. No. It's not, right? And you can't help anybody else until you pull yourself up. And you up. get stronger by talking you about do. it. You do. Absolutely You're not do. carrying it anymore. And that's the message we're going to talk about coming back from the break is not carrying that problem or that background with you as you as you go forward but larry why don't we go forward with uh 
our second commercial break here. We'll be back uh, after these messages to talk to our, our, our great guest tonight, Stevie Manchester. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio tonight here. We're uh, with accomplished author Stevie Manchester, and we were just talking about his uh, exploits in the uh, uh, Desert Storm uh, conflict, but uh, now we're going to find out uh, the rest of the story. Yes. Uh, now, all of a sudden, you're coming back from... Uh, your 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 life uh, your life threatening experience right uh, and and here you are you came back a new person I did and and it, it took me a little while to to settle in right so everybody expects you just you know you, you come back we we walked on a red cob it was phenomenal right yeah big hugs all the way around sure uh, first person that greeted me was a Vietnam veteran and he got emotional as did I you know what I mean and he thanked me and I thanked him. For his service, I said, I'll never understand what you went through. But I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it was an, an emotional, like, a, kind of a bond. Um, but what happens is most people suffer in silence, right? So I have family that's depending on me, right? I need to get better. I get back in the prison. And what scared me was... You weren't in prison like... No, I didn't serve. No, my, no, no. no, no. We, no my no, wife tried to get me there, but yeah. no, no. I can't, yeah. No, so I'm... Uh, and what was your job? I was an investigator, so I was in a perimeter security. So we basically like detectives on the inside, right? So it was there was a danger level to it. I yeah. mean, we were breaking up fights two, three times a week. Some pretty good, you know, Donnie Brooks. And when you're younger, there's an adrenaline rush that goes with it, so it's kind of cool. You get older, then you realize, what am I doing, right? Um... <laughs> But I also realized the negativity, the, the better I get at this job, the less I like myself, right? So now I'm starting, to be, I'm starting to think the way they think, right? So I can, if I'm at work and there's a fight that's going on, I'm at my best, right? I get home, I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm trying to watch the Dukes of Hazard rerun, and I'm crawling out of my skin, yeah. right? I can't breathe, right? I'm putting pillows at the foot of my bed because I'm, I'm worried about the dreams that I'm having. I don't want to walk in my sleep. And it was hot. I couldn't, even the people that were closest to me, I had a real difficult time talking to them about it. Who would understand? Um, I went to the VA hospital in That's, Brockton. There's the spot. Right. Exactly. Exactly. How, how, how and what drove, what made you go to, the, what made you try that avenue? Because I knew I, I, I was, at least I was smart enough to know that I'm, I'm, I'm dumb with this, right? So I need to go figure it out, right? Yeah. yeah. And I need to, I need to, to go be around people that understand this so that I can learn coping strategies. I don't think anxiety ever goes away. To some degree, depression, we kind of, we're all riding a roller coaster, right? Yeah. But, I need to learn how to cope because my biggest fear, Greg, right, is I didn't want to be stuck in 1991. I wanted to live my life in the present. So in 2022, 20, well, 2023, I can tell you I'm here with you tonight. Yes. Right? Yeah. My fear was, yeah. and I've seen guys get caught up in it. We lost a couple of guys when we came home. One guy two years after we came home, another guy five years after, because they couldn't leave 1991. Sure. Right? And I think part of the reason was they never opened the door or cracked the window to say, hey, listen, I need help. Right, I can't sleep. I can't eat. This is happening. Right, you're talking about multiple marriages, addiction. We it had goes a on kid on. from the VA in here not too long ago, and he said he went to. I think he had two terms, uh, two terms, two tours uh, in uh, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq. But he lost more of his buddies after they came yeah, home. Oh yeah, absolutely. Than when they were over there. We did. We did the same. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. And it's and it's so terrifying because we've. 
in Iraq, there were very different experiences depending on where you were at the time. And people take things in, in different ways, right? We were going from, like, you'd be in a school zone most of the time doing 20 miles an hour just putting around to going, you know, 120, right? And all of a sudden there's a firefight, you know, mile marker 72. It takes a while to process that stuff when you get home. But there were some guys that were really involved in some heavy stuff. And, I mean, we had a buddy, and I won't, I'm not going to mention his name, but he was stuck in a minefield for about six hours before the French came and cleared the field, right? I go have breakfast with him once every couple months, and he's still, you know what I mean? Like, his life's never been the same. And my thing with him is, and, and I've told him this, like, the strength, the heart, the strength in your heart that caused you, right, or, or allowed you to stand up and fight is the same heart that, that allows you to cry, right? So what you see as weakness is what's killing you. Yeah. Right? Be strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, tell people what's going on. Tell yeah. your family. Go get help. Yeah. It's the only way you're going to survive this. It's yeah. the only way. I yeah. couldn't do it alone. And and so writing was was an, an exit a strategy Oh, my God. Such a gift. A gift. A beyond gift. Because I, the first book I ever wrote was called Six Five, A Different Shade of Blue. So it was Could about- it have been being the best... Horticulturalist? Could it have been? I don't think so. Whatever? No, I don't think so. But it just came. Right. Your, your thing was writing. It has to come from the soul, right? And that's you, what you, you felt. Right. You, I, yeah, I did. I had to get it out. So the first book I wrote was about the prison system, taking a walk through, and I used a pen name, which I'm so happy I did because the book's almost unreadable. It was terrible. <laughs> right? I don't recommend it to anybody. <laughs> but you got to learn somewhere, right? You have to learn something. The second book I wrote, which I, I, I signed a copy for you tonight, is called The Unexpected Storm. And it's written in the third person, so it reads like a novel, but it was basically me and the people that I was with. And it wasn't just, hey, we're there and there's bullets. I don't know. It's what does it feel like to get ready to go to war, to say goodbye to your family and up your insurance? And what does it feel like to come home when everybody says, oh, thank God it's over, and it's the most terrifying thing you've ever heard? Right? We went into a Burger King drive-thru. I remember the night before, we weren't eating, right? We get on a plane. We ended up stopping in Stuttgart, Germany. They refueled. We flew back in. They let us off for a four-hour pass. I'm in a dr- uh, Burger King drive-thru. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I'm crawling out of my sky. I really wanted uh, to kick the windshield. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't belong uh, here. And I don't know where I belong. And that wow. was the scary part, right? Wow. I didn't want to be stuck but there. But now you found where you belong. Yes, I did. Thank so God. So you get into this world. You, uh, yeah. You, you, you become uh, a different Steve. Yeah, a different Steve. And you know what's funny? That's different. Like, most people who know me think I'm a clown, right? I love to laugh and have yeah. fun. I write tear-jerkers. So 85% of my readership is... I write male perspective to a female audience, right? So most of my readers are women, which is kind of... So I wrote a book called Dad, and I didn't write it for men. It's three generations of fathers. But I'm basically pulling back at the curtain and saying, listen, I raised a couple boys, right? If you skin your knee and you start crying, I'm going to get at you, right? If there's something that hurts your soul, it's okay to cry, right? So I'm trying to raise a different type of strength. Different, yep, yep. But I'm trying to show women as well, like, just because we play a certain role, and we do... I don't care what anybody says, right? If I'm out and about, my wife doesn't protect me from physical harm. I protect her. So we play certain roles, right? Uh, but behind that, we're still emotional people, right? We're still, you know what I mean, dealing with all that stuff. And I think that's, it's those stereotypes that keep some guys confined. They keep them imprisoned. So you knew that you had this burning desire to become... A writer. A yeah, writer. A storyteller, yeah. How would you turn that... Uh, what would you say to the veterans out there that might have a story that they're carrying around in yes. the back of their mind that, that, that does it take a book? No. It could, could it be a sentence? It could, could be, it a, be sentence. a paragraph? It could be a pa- absolutely. So when you, when you tell somebody a story, right? So you come to my house at Christmas. You sit at my table. You're probably going to get a gift, Greg. Good for you, right? But you're going to sit at a table where everybody's going to share a story to include you. So we do this generationally, right? So it gets passed down, right? 
But there's something about these stories where you can tell them over and over and over again. And some people think, oh, my, it's the first time I heard it. When you write something down and somebody reads that, even if it's you who read it, yeah. you wrote it, but then you read it. Yeah. It clicks in a different area. You know what I mean? Like, it becomes real. It takes it to another level. So for me, with veterans, and we've talked about this in the past, it is so important to put that out. That pen and any of that ink that you use is going to be worth more than some of the medication you're on, some of the therapies. And I'm not saying don't do that because it's, you know, you it's want to do it all part of the, It's all part of the process. But it's, you don't have to be Ernest Hemingway, right? You can write a sentence or a couple paragraphs, get this stuff out. This, these are demons. And you need to get those demons out of you before you can heal from it. You do. If you keep it in the darkness, that's where it's going to stay. And it's going to eat you alive like cancer. Sure. Get it into the light. Put it on paper. Well, it's, we had Mike Cunningham on uh, several times. He's a, a good friend of mine. He's a friend of the show. And uh, he wrote, it took him 25 years right. to, wrote his, for, to write his first book, oh, writing, right. Walking the Point. Yeah. He was on the Laos border. Oh. I don't know which side of the border. Yeah, I got you. Uh, was, right, right, right. There were, there were no mile markers yeah, yeah, out there. Right, you, right, you, yeah. you know? Yeah, he was uh, in the bush, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but as he, he said, boy, <laughs> it, it, that coming home was, was very traumatic for him. And for 25 years, he had a problem. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, one day, he started writing the book and writing it down. And afterwards, he put it down and he said it was. Yeah. The, the 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 ox yeah. was off of his shoulder right. that had been carrying for for and building. Oh yeah, as as time goes on, yeah, it doesn't go it doesn't, doesn't become smaller now. Like to Jenny's point, I love that you said this, right? So in the desert for three hours, it was the first time in my entire life I'd ever felt alone ever. I couldn't get any help. He was in and out of it, right? I truly felt like I'm talking about a four year old who lost his parents in the mall. I'd never felt fear like that, right? So I went into prayer and I, you know, I, you know, made these promises to myself that I ended up keeping, right? But all of the books that I've written, and I've written more than thirty books, right? All of the books that I've written, the underlying theme is you are never alone. So if you read one of my books, the idea is if you can relate to anything that I've written, then we're in the same boat. So if we're in the same boat, then stop rowing. Yeah. Because I'm getting tired. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what yeah. it's all about. It's about connecting. And that was the gift that I was given. I didn't realize in the beginning, but everything that I write is about connecting other people to say, hey, listen, it does suck, right? We're riding a roller coaster, right? There's times I'm on top. There's other times I'm in the valley. But we're all in this together. Like you're, We're connected. So don't give up. Don't quit. It's great, Stevie. Thank you. It's 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 He's good stuff. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that, it's it's good stuff. Thank uh, you. Thank you, you know, you get you get the right attitude, and 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 I think that by having you around, if you'd like to join our network, would like to include you in our network because when we have big festivals and stuff, for you to you know sit and talk to a couple of vets that might come up and see that you oh, have all these no, books at a table you know love I'd love to. we had 1500 vets last yeah. year I'm uh, friends with Justin I'd love to take the ride with absolutely yeah. 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 yeah we have a we have a great festival in uh, uh come in in, 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 uh, in July but yeah, years, I'd love to talk to the vets but about, years ago I started a, a, a veterans bookstore okay a veterans authored bookstore right and unfortunately, my my friends couldn't keep their business alive, and yeah. didn't it didn't work out. Yeah, I get it. But in the back of my mind, yeah. there's still a, a, I think a reason to have a veterans authored bookstore, right? So that other veterans can read what other veterans are thinking, right? And maybe they're not alone. Maybe there's some one other person that's out there that you connect with, Stephen. Right. 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 Well, I got to tell you, you know, you talked about, you know, even if we say we issue a challenge tonight, 
that whoever whoever the veterans are that are listening, right, to start writing something, right? At some point in time, there's no reason we can't do an anthology, which is a body of work just written by veterans for veterans, right? About nothing. About nothing, but just just kind of bleeding it out so sure. that when somebody flips that cover and they start reading it, like, this guy gets me or she gets me, yeah. right? That's There's no greater gift than that. There's no To me, there's no greater crime than, than feeling alone, right? So if you can get rid of that, you're at a better place. It, it, it's funny because sometimes I feel alone in a room full of people. Yeah, absolutely. And you're and, not alone there either. I, right. But I am. Right, right. Because I think I am, I am. Sure, right. Yeah. And I get the heebie-jeebies yeah. and have to walk out. Right. You know, but put me here... It's it's totally you know it's yeah. it's different you know we can talk for yeah. three or four days absolutely but I I uh, it, it's very interesting uh, what what you're drawing out of me here I don't think I'm comfortable with this Larry we better take a break <laughs> and get me Sorry, out of here pretty soon sorry <laughs> <Bye>, brother <laughs> so I wanted to take us away for a final break and we'll be back for the fourth quarter after these messages. The fourth well, well, welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans cool. Voice Radio, as we're uh, explore, exploring uh, a, a world that we visited uh, a couple of years ago with Mike Cunningham. But it's uh, it's that world of writing, and uh, whether it's writing or, or artwork or a craft or what, whatever it is, that you can get your 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 feelings out there. But Stevie, I think what you said was really taking that those maybe not so pleasant feelings that right, you have, right? Writing them on a piece of paper, yeah. Folding it up and putting it in the yeah. desk, burn it up if you have and to, and it's right? done. Yeah, it's done. It's done. It's done. And it may take more than a page, yeah, right? Right. But nobody needs to read it. You know what I mean? It's like you know, and, and I'm not the first to ever talk about this, but there are people that that will fault you, right? And you, you don't forgive them. And you think there's only one person that burns up, right? That'll rust you from the inside out. Yeah. But if you wrote a letter of, you know, listen, I forgive you, you don't need to send that letter. Right. You just need to clear your own soul. Gino, right? wasn't it you that talked about having, uh, if you really have a beef with somebody? Yes, I told you about that. To, write, to write that letter write and, and write it, the worst letter you ever yeah. wrote. Yeah. Right. And, and get it out there. Stick it in the drawer. And yeah. then fold it up and put it in the thing and never yeah. send it, but you are done with it. Absolutely. Yeah, you get it out. You, you screamed. At, right. at, 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 you know, use capital letters. You got to yeah. get it out. You can't keep it in, right? And, and people use email today. Unfortunately, most people hit send. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't hit send. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. No matter what, unsend is yeah, not. Sit on uh, it. Just oh, sit on it for a couple yeah. days. Boy. Yeah. yeah. Gino, there goes there's your point about writing that that That's it. Now nasty you wait note. tomorrow and you can hey look, if tomorrow you're still that pissed, mail the right. fine. Yeah. yeah. But if you write it down, chances are you can put it down and nah, cool the heads for Yeah, you just can't keep it in. Absolutely. No, I agree with Gino. I agree, man. And keeping it in is what will cause resentment. Yes. If you let it out, you can let go of it. Yeah, and it only cooks one person, right? Yeah. It just hurts you. It doesn't hurt. So what what, what we'd like to do, Stevie, let's let's keep in touch. Yes, just oh, absolutely. Just in touch yeah. Yeah, Stevie. Yeah, absolutely, you know? man. But I'd like to get some of these vets at, at the Brockton VA and the other VA hospitals. Yeah. Get them to write us something. I would love that. You, you know, if we can get a bunch of, of, of envelopes and yeah. send them to the VA hospitals, yeah. uh, especially Brockton, where we have such a good working relationship with them. Yeah. And there's 200 vets that don't leave there. So those, those I'd like to target those as our... Well, I'll tell you, I, what, I, what I'd love to do, Greg, right, is whoever does send in something written, I'll send them something back written. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
great, nice. great. You know what I mean? Great. Yeah. That's uh, that, that's something we're going to work with Wolfie when he gets back. Yeah, I love uh, to do that. Yeah, and and because Wolfie uh, had had the idea of bringing some um, books into the Brockton VA hospital to right. give, and for years he couldn't get in. He couldn't get in. Yeah. And then he and I met, and we I introduced him to Dave Hanker, the director of outreach for the. Uh, Boston VA healthcare system. Yeah. The next day he's in. Well, there you go. Y- right. Y- you know, right. and, we, you. and we've been in ever since. Yeah, which is awesome. We're not the enemy. No. But we had to prove ourselves. Right. Y- you know, and here we are. What, what are you, fast talking radio people? Right. We're, we're a bunch of schmoes that never were on the radio in our lives. Right. Y- y- you know, well, we're making this it. up. Eight, eight, nine years later, you're crushing it, right? I, I cold called the owner of the station. Yeah. Not, with no radio, no radio experience, no communication, nothing, nothing. That's amazing. But nobody would listen to our story. Right. I was a Gold Star family member. Okay. And we had good stories to tell. Yeah. And nobody would listen except for. A little Memorial Day, you know, they'd throw you a bone or yeah. something, you know. Uh, uh, Veterans Day, right, 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 there's right. a little bit of a something. But, you know, I mean, we're devoting the whole month to Vietnam Veterans Month. You yeah. know, culminating in March 29th, I believe, Correct. is Vietnam yep. Veterans Day. Yep. So great. we're going to have a trilogy of Vietnam shows the month of March this year coming up. Mm. With Mike Cunningham coming in to guide us and lead us through. But... You know, we're going to show a side of of Ho Chi Minh that maybe nobody knows. That I certainly didn't know. Right. I mean, I hated that mother. Yeah. You you know, because he was the dire enemy. Sure. He asked us to be his friend. And we said yes. And then when Roosevelt died, who took over? Truman after Roosevelt? Who was the president after Roosevelt? Truman. Truman. They, they, he liked the French better uh, than Ho Chi Minh, and so the the, the ne- next president said, "No, we're going to let the French keep keeps you under subjugation." sure. Yeah, you know, we're going to do that. And Ho Chi Minh came to us for help. He he, he had to tr- he turned to the communists, right? That would help him. And then, then they started the French thing, and the, yeah, yeah. and the French are gonna are gonna <coughs> force their will on the people. Right. That's why there's so much French influence in the language. Sure, yeah. Fre- it was French Indochina. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the French could not convince the the Indo Chinese to love them. They were the they were the you know the imperial you know owners of Warlords. us. Yes. Right. And and you know isn't that well? So we came in uh, lost terribly. Um, but isn't that kind of what Russia's trying to do in the Ukraine right now? I mean, they're not in a totally different world, but they're trying to annex a country, right. and they're fighting for their lives. Right. Yeah, they are. And that's different when you're in a foreign country looking to take it over, I think. Right, right. Uh, and, and just God bless the Ukrainians. I hope that... Oh, uh, to that. Oh, Nobody boy. Nobody saw that coming. Yeah, no. they, what they say, seven days? Yeah. They take it in seven days. Yeah. That's a long seven days. Sure is. Sure is. You got to so tip your hat to those people. Ten, ten months later, can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine this, the the horror stories oh. that each that everybody that stayed behind is going yeah. under? Every family has been has suffering, right? Decimated. I mean, I mean and they're they're targeting the yeah. the hospitals and the maternity wards yeah. and they're the sick. yeah, yeah. Their, their infrastructure. They're going to try to freeze them out now, right? Yeah. How awful! And they've not broken their spirit, which to no. me is just yeah. They're in my prayers. And, and 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 an actor, 
yeah. as the president. Right. A comedian. Well, we had yeah. Ronald Reagan. Look what he did. Right. He was okay. I just want to follow up on one thing, though. Just um, for the listeners out there, uh, Steve has 30 different books, and they're not about war. I mean, you, no. they're, they're, his, his books are diverse from uh, this, you know, uh, Bread bags and bullies. The eighties, yeah. The eighties of growing up in the eighties. The menus, a new book out. Um, so it, it, it's not, you know, when people hear sometimes it's a veteran author, they automatically think it's yeah. about. It's no. going to be. A, a it's got to be war. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, gotta yeah. Be war. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it started that way, but you know, most books take me six to nine months to write. Right. The, the menu took me ten years to get this book right because wow. I wrote it for my kids, and it's a real spiritual book. So I'm not the most religious man, but I am a man of faith. Right. And this is a book that's more universal, so I'm not trying to go after one religion or another, but it's to open people's eyes about death. So I was trying to teach my children not to fear it, which is a difficult thing to do, but don't fear death. You don't worry about coming in, don't worry about leaving. We're all connected, so it's that spiritual thing. And if I can, just take a quick look at it. If you look at the front of it and the subtitle, you are never alone, not ever. So that's, you know what I mean? That's the message, really, for all of my books, but especially Thanks this Thanks for one. reading it. Not that I wasn't interested. I can't see that part. Yeah, yeah. No, I get, I get it. I'm a high school official. Yeah, I get I, it. You know. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that foul wasn't really a foul. Uh, yeah, so now we have a makeup call. Uh, the box is full. <laughs> now we have a makeup call. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry I'm, I'm deep in my, my uh, season right now. Yeah, that's but, great. Uh, that's great. That's a, that's a great statement, though, Stevie. You're never alone. Yeah, You're never ever. alone. Not ever. And then inside, I like where it's says nothing could be more impossible right god yeah absolutely under that quote yeah nothing could be more impossible well well justin uh just thanks thank you for introducing uh stevie to us uh bringing him into uh, our our network here i i I think that long range we uh i I, I think we can do some uh do some help yes i would i would love to yeah call me in peace to one yeah one vet it's worth all of it and we we have a, a common friend uh, Brian Fox, who did the photo Forgotten oh, no Heroes. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, so uh, yeah. you know how that okay. kind of ties. I was in talking to him on the way up. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, so. he's a yeah, he's with the well, with the Forgotten vets. Heroes. Yeah. You've seen yeah, his he's, stuff. So. Yeah. You know, huge champion of that. So. No question. He's doing some of God's work, right? So. Yeah. No, no question. It's, yeah, no. Please count me in. Yeah, It'd be an great. honor to to serve with you guys. Great. Super yeah. we're, we're we're doing a lot of work within the Parkinson's community. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're 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 closely tied to the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Wonderful. National Parkinson's Foundation. Right. In fact, we had a Parkinson's Pavilion at our, uh, our festival last year, where we had ten of the world's leading clinicians, clinical groups from uh, uh, Michael J. Fox to National Parkinson's to um, Mass General to St. Elizabeth's Hospital to on and on and on. And that was going to be a veterans-only event. But there was so much information there at that pavilion we we opened it up. I asked permission from everybody. You know, would, would, would you mind if I invited non-veterans to find out what's going on in the Parkinson's world because it's so military related with yeah. Agent Orange and the oh, burn sure. pits Absolutely. And the, oh all that yeah. so we're, we're we're trying to make uh, a dent but that's uh, our event for next year I'll be there Stevie. this Great. year this, this year. year that's right this year wow Boys, as you get older, the time, no, I'll, I'll time flies. I look huh? to it. Yeah, we That's had about 1,500 event. veterans oh, there last year. Time. It's Damn. a great day. We have a 34 acre park. 
That's it's amazing. All, it's all outside. Crazy food, crazy uh, uh, last year, Justin was the uh, brought the color guard up. Yep, we cool. got the Rolling Thunder. We got yeah. ent- nonstop entertainment. Okay. Vets we have uh, free food all afternoon for the for the vets and uh, all the family members and stuff. Uh, and it's all free. Oh my God. And we do that on a volunteer basis. And, uh, yeah, we had really? Yeah, it was great. It was great. Maybe I'll get to hold the target. Okay. <laughs> you just don't want to be the target, that's all. That's all. That's all. But, uh, Stevie, thank you so thank much you. for tonight. Thank we you appreciate all. It. I appreciate your time. We have to uh, send this word out. Uh, our friend Chuck is uh, sending his best wishes tonight, but... Uh, you know, it'd be a little bit uh, aggravated because some of you vets aren't, aren't, uh, aren't taking his advice. You're feeling alone. You, you, you can reach out. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Be strong for your family. Be strong for the vets that you left behind. Be strong for us. And if you don't feel so strong, dial 988. You'll find somebody there on the other line that wants to help you get strong. And not going to ask you questions. Uh, we're going to ask you about you, and you can just talk and feel feel comfortable to talk to somebody that gets it. So once again, that number is nine eight eight. Use it, abuse it, and uh, just be there to to listen to next week's show. Because what a show we got next week! Uh, three uh, three. Future Veterans of America. Uh, it's my new uh, our new group, Steve. Yeah, that's great. High school graduates enlisting in the military the day they get out of the service. Good for them. And my new group, Future Veterans of America, we're going to pay homage to them next week. That's amazing. Uh, and, and talk about what they're doing and what we're going to take it to after there. The future's still bright. It, it yeah. sure is. We, got, we, ha- we have some hope. Yeah, we do. We have some hope. So, uh, Larry, thank you very much. Uh, We'll see you next week, and uh, everybody be careful. Enjoy the warm weather. Thank you, Jenny. Good to see you.